if it looks good on the outside, mm-hmm. then we're doing well. We could be falling apart on the inside, but as long as how we interact with the world is satisfying how we want to be viewed and how the world wants to view us, yeah. everything is A-okay. And if you ask me, that's also why our mental health is declining. Yeah. Because we are so caught up in perceptions. Welcome to the What Next Podcast, hosted by Sean Reed, where we pay it forward through conversations. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you. How is your mental health today? Boy, that's a good question. I think we're at a five when I would rather be at a nine. But, you know, it's life. (laughs) It's life. What do you do for your mental health, if anything at all? <sighs> right now, I think it's something I'm still struggling to, struggling to find, but um, I actually watch a lot of, I won't even say mindless TV, but TV with storylines, like when I come home mm-hmm. later in the night and actually have five minutes to myself after <laughs> everyone has gone to bed, you know, kind of get wrapped up in storylines and my own thoughts. Before that, I used to bathe a lot. That used to be like <laughs> where so I found relaxation. You just randomly go and bathe. Long showers. Okay. Sounds bad. I was fairly wrinkled, but <laughs> I felt like if one had to find something productive to do, that wasn't going to be, you know, I don't know, counterproductive to success. Bathing was okay. This was also during law school. I didn't have many options. <laughs> I didn't have many options, but it's still something I'm struggling with. No, I think that, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, growing up, mental health was never spoken about. It was just, if you trip, you fall, you cry, you keep moving, right? There was no, I mean, as a man, you don't even cry, you know, walk it off. And so the concept of mental health and stuff, which is becoming a lot more prevalent in today's society, I think is really important. Yeah, I think, as you said, I think it's the acute awareness of it. Um, like, I have a cousin and she recently disclosed on Instagram that, you know, she's been suffering with depression for years and that I think it was Mental Health Awareness Month recently and she just wanted to, I guess, make it known and that she's not ashamed of it and that she wanted to highlight that even though people appear happy on the outside, because she's very bubbly, that a lot of times they may be struggling with things you just would never know. Yeah. So... And I appreciated it. I reached out to her, you know. I don't know if I would have had the courage to <laughs> put it out there like that. But, you know, she sees therapists and she actively works on it. She exercises, you know, which is something you need to do. You would medicate yourself if you had a headache, so. <laughs> and I think that's, so that's the thing I, I can, I can foresee a society in the future where current taboo things become normalized, right? So if you think about it, when we turn the TV on, I see three people dead today, or one person dead today, or two people dead this week, we should be shocked. But we have become normalized the fact, okay, two died this week, that's not too bad, it's not 10, right? And it's it's so unfortunate that there are some illnesses or diseases that are normalized, right? So if you break your hand, if you break your foot, that's quite okay. We can talk about that. But if your mind is broken, hey, just, just keep it quiet. We're not going to talk about I it. Know. I think we don't see it as physical. We don't understand it that way. So we call people crazy. Yeah. Um, 
all manner of things when if you think about it as i said if something in your body wasn't working properly you wouldn't shame that person yeah you know i used to say to friends of mine when i was at the prosecutor's office uh, we used to have a mental health court Mm -hmm. because we had lots of cases that would come in that we would have to push their case over to that court because we knew that it wasn't appropriate to keep it in just straight criminal. A lot of things people do, they act out in ways. And it, on the surface, it looks like it's coming from absolutely nowhere, yeah. you know? And so they need treatment. And I remember uh, my fellow prosecutors sometimes would be like, I just don't understand, you know? And I was just like, think about it. If somebody was sick and they puked and it got on you, you would be very forgiving but when someone is sick and has mental health issues and to an extent their what they let off gets on you and yeah. i think that's also yeah. why we have an issue with it because it affects behavior and then we attribute that behavior to character and so we'll avoid those people or so we don't want to deal with them and we don't really understand where their behavior is stemming from so i think that's also a reason why in society we have an issue with admitting mental health yeah. um I have mental health issues because people get a little bit scared because you might seem volatile and they don't want to have to process what you're going through. So I think that's also why it's different than dealing with other illnesses. As I said, somebody vomit on your shoe, you wipe it off, but somebody curse you out out of nowhere, (laughs) which is what can happen sometimes. And you don't know what to do with that. And it also affects your mental health because now you feel bad. So we just avoid the situation and talking about it is also like i can't wrap my head around this and will that be something that's gonna affect me yeah right is it contagious it's not contagious <laughs> are we all suffering from it i just don't know yeah should you be medicated should i be medicated like and especially that people don't even want to admit that they're on meds yeah because then that means you're clinical it's not just you know what i mean it's yeah. not just you feel sad sometimes no a doctor said you need help like yeah. you need intervention and i think i've suffered with depression mm-hmm. in the past enough to empathize yeah. that you can't control it yeah can't control it all you can do is i think at least acknowledge it to yourself and try and manage it that's what all you can do but yeah as i said it's always been there we just never discussed it yeah and i mean so I know that when we think about mental health, we think about the extremes of, you know, schizophrenia or some kind of, right. what's it called? Some kind of um, clinical disorder, mm-hmm. right? But when I think about, if you think about, let's say, a relationship with a man or a woman, right? If the woman does something nice to the man, mm-hmm. right? But he's unable to accept that niceness because he thinks a man should get this or whatever the case is, that's also a mental issue, meaning you for whatever reason society etc you are not able mentally to accept this nice thing being done to you or being done for you yeah. and i think if all of us took the time once a month once a quarter just to speak to whether it's a counselor pastor priest somebody about things on your mind it literally could change your life yeah perspective yeah perspective a lot of us are living in the narratives that we tell ourselves about ourselves yeah and that becomes our reality yeah. so if it's toxic um yeah it can as i said seriously impact how you feel about yourself and then how you feel about others and it can i think block you 
yeah. from, as you said, like self, somebody praises you or gives you positive feedback. You don't know how to accept it. Right. Because you haven't told yourself these things and you don't know that you deserve to hear these yeah. things, you know. We're complicated, you know. <laughs> complicated. We are very complicated. We're complicated. Yeah. So relationships are too complicated, broken, messed up, beautiful people coming together trying to figure out their complication yeah. and the other person's complication yeah. at the same time so yeah and the other day i was listening to something and the guy asked his wife if i told you that you couldn't talk to marcel for this week would you be okay and her answer was like no i have to talk to marcel every day so i can express how i'm feeling mm. and he says imagine being a man and living for 30 40 years and being told that you should not express how you're feeling imagine having all of that bottled up for 30 40 years yeah. and if you look at how we raise our, our sons versus our daughters we, we tell our sons i mean i know it's changing now you know mostly but traditionally men boys don't cry. Don't worry about it. Brush it off. Walk it off. While it's a girl, oh, call me okay. You hug her up, make sure she's okay. And men traditionally have been told not to express themselves. And I think that all of that has a knock-on effect to what we're seeing in society now. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was having a discussion. The man was saying just that, that you know, the way we raise our boy children, um, especially the way men raise their boy children, yeah. that sometimes they have this very strict masculinity that mm. the boy has to succumb to toxic masculinity to. i won't even say toxic <laughs> um i sometimes don't like to use terms like that mm. because to me that's also complicated to just make it negative yeah, toxic just always sounds negative yeah. and it's not necessarily all negative so i think it's just a masculinity that society has deemed worthy um of expression yeah because it's not to say that men don't feel differently inside it's what gets expressed so it's funny you say this about women i think about relationships that i've been in especially between men and women mm. and men always say women are so emotional and it's dismissive and it can be patronizing condescending it can be a host of things but what it says to you is that that aspect of you is weak I don't understand it mm -hmm. and I don't think it has any place here. Yeah. It's not rational. Yeah. Right. So how do you interact with that kind of madness that you're yeah. expressing? Whereas I think to say that women are emotional and you're saying indirectly to that men are not. And yes. when I think about what you said about toxic masculinity, right? Um, we have so many men in society right now expressing emotions that are hmm, it's more than toxic. It's aggressive. Yeah. It's volatile. It's violent. Yeah. And I think, as you said, they don't get to express the emotions that lead up to that. So by the time it comes out, it's crime. It's violence against women. It's violence against people they know, friends, whatever, because they don't have that outlet. Yeah. Like, they may have been sad 10 years ago. And now all of that sadness mounts up, provokes, right? You're provoked and it's anger, right? You see it with men, jealousy, whatever. And no one ever says, wow, that man is behaving so emotional. Yeah. It's an emotion. Anger is an emotion. I want somebody to say it, admit it to everybody. Anger is an emotion, not just crying or being sad. And that's what we attribute to women. Oh, look at her crying. She's so emotional. 
she gets angry, she's emotional. A man goes off the deep end, which they can and which they do. And it's never described as being emotional, right? It usually leads to jail time or we're having a funeral, whatever. But I do agree with you that we don't give men the space to express themselves in a healthy way feelings that they're having that society deems as unworthy. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? Right. I mean, you're married, so you're off the market, obviously. But if you are dating someone, right, mm -hmm. and you just met him, right, you just met him, and something happened, and he started to cry in front of you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Something that is not severe. So if, maybe if his friend or parent died, he'd cry, but something, quote-unquote, smaller happened. Right. He, he just broke down, right, yeah. crying. Would you look at him weird? Be honest. Weird. I think I'd be concerned and intrigued okay. and ask him, like, what what did this particular thing trigger for you mm -hmm. that may have been bigger than just this particular thing? Okay. Like, I think you have to, as women too, we have to give men that space to express emotions that we think Apparently, we have, a, we have a monopoly on. And <laughs> yeah. we don't. Yeah. Men feel sadness too. Men were given tears too. So if they cry, I think sometimes it makes us feel uncomfortable too yeah. because they're like, who in this room is strong? Can somebody <laughs> tell me, <laughs> right? Who do we look to? There's a politician, I don't know his name, no an American politician who apparently would cry often. Okay. Just show his emotions for different reasons and that was like that's a joke about him and i've seen other men like even is it michael jordan in his old oh, age, yeah there's a meme there's a meme with him, him crying. bawling yeah. and i'm like this is why men are shamed yeah. when they cry oh he's awake yeah. and maybe he's crying on the inside all the time but we don't want to see it yeah i even watch how men respond to tragedy losing a child mm -hmm. losing a loved one and you see them stoic yeah. Stoic, can't express it. And I think that men pass earlier than women because a lot of times you'll see married couples, up. they literally are taking years off of their life, if you ask me. The stress yeah. that they swallow, the sadness, the pain, it takes years off of their life. But it turns just, into all types of other things. You just made a very good point, which is in the case of a tragedy, right, a woman is crying broken can't move on there's an expectation that the man has to keep right it and if she, if she sees him break down as well she may say what is wrong with you all right who's keeping it together who's keeping it together but it's funny because i know so many women who do embody that what we call strength mm -hmm. that don't seem affected by major things mm -hmm. and we also praise them we praise them yeah. oh you're handling it she's so, so strong well. right so what I said in the beginning, I said, if it looks good on the outside, mm -hmm. then we're doing well. We could be falling apart on the inside, but as long as how we interact with the world is satisfying how we want to be viewed and how the world wants to view us, yeah. everything is a-okay. And if you ask me, that's also why our mental health is declining. Yeah. Because we are so caught up in perceptions yep. that may not actually be aligned with reality. You know what I mean? Like, we are sad, we're upset, and we're like, don't let anyone see. Yeah, don't yeah. let... I mean, I have books about this, men who cry in the dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't let them see you. <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I was... 
Paris Hilton has a YouTube original um, show or series really? or movie. I heard she's a DJ now too. She's a DJ. Yeah, <laughs> doing things. Uh, <laughs> and in her YouTube original movie, she literally says that everything she does is for show. Like she, she put it out there that for the past 20 years, everything I did was for show. But I realized very early as a teenager that it sells. And here it is, you have somebody who is coming out seeing that it's all fake and there's so many other influencers who do the same thing where they have a sure. no makeup day or whatever they, so they, they literally show the world that what they're doing is not real their whole lives are curated but at the same time yeah the people following them still feel bad and it's like so it, it's one thing if you really believe that it was real but even when the influencer comes and says it's all fake you still believe the lie and yeah. that's scary that people want to believe that somebody wakes up in the morning, takes a selfie, <laughs> and everything is perfect. And they happen to have a bag of Doritos beside them. It's, right. it, it's just not real. But And they're like, why do I wake up looking and feeling like <laughs> yeah. a truck ran over me? <laughs> it's funny. I, I follow this influencer and she posted this thing about her morning routine and how she woke up at 4.30 in the morning and she does her meditation and her journaling. Then she heads to the gym then she makes a smoothie. Then so she's showing this whole timeline of events, and then her kids wake up and she gets them ready for school. So I was like, I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was like, what time are your children waking up <laughs> such that you have all these hours in the middle? Oh, and she responded to me, seven mm -hmm. thirty. I was like, there we go. Everything is already gone off. Yeah. And then she doesn't work full time. She's an influencer full time. Mm. So. When people are sitting down comparing their lives to these people who are literally actors. We literally don't actors. Realize that, it's a know, TV show. This is reality TV that has yeah. now come to... Yeah. And even the idea of reality TV, right? Yeah. It's heavily produced. They only find good-looking people, <laughs> right? They're making storylines for you to tune into. Like, reality is... It's dirty, it's messy, yeah. it's monotonous, it doesn't always look good. I personally like influencers who show you their messy ass house. Yeah. And they're like, it doesn't matter what I do, my house cannot look good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there anyone else out there that can relate? Like, show us reality. Mind you, we like to look at pretty things. Yeah. So there's also that. We don't want to see what we already see every day. True, but 100%. But just, just ensure that you don't be fooled right so don't believe this, this is idea. real you, right. you know it's not real you know it's a show that's fine but don't make that what you compare yourself to yeah and that's a standard and if you fall from it you're like i'm failing at yeah that. and i think we all have standards that we create for ourselves and i struggle with it too that you set yourself up against and then you're like yeah. Just sitting down here and I'm just not doing anything good. Like we focus so much on what we're not doing and rarely, rarely do we take account of how far have I come. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you said, you mentioned to me a while ago you have this list, right? Yeah. And instead of saying like, <laughs> look at me knocking through it, you're just like, yeah, it's kind of late in the year. Because that's what we do. We're yeah. constantly evaluating ourselves in a kind of negative way. Yeah. Like it's not good enough or, you know, I think I'm only making a B and yeah. I really should be A plusing it. But maybe you come in from an F, so this B is wonderful. Yeah. You're showing progress. Yeah. So it's like we don't really evaluate ourselves fairly and give ourselves enough grace. So we're constantly like punching bags for ourselves. You know, and then I think society helps that too by giving us 
superstars that <laughs> apparently yeah. we're not living up to at all right so i know you can access and all of these are just normal people normal people i mean even actors and celebrities are normal people but these people in particular are even more normal people i think and i think what what's interesting to me is so somebody said something to me some time ago that the difference between a library and the internet is a library had a decency to have a fact <laughs> section and a fiction section. So you walked uh, in, you knew everything over here is, is right. sci-fi, it's not real, right? And I feel the same way about when you watch a movie, you know it's a script, it's produced, etc. When you're on Instagram, etc. You don't know what the genre is. You don't know, what, you don't know who the actors are. Yeah, is it reality? Yeah, yeah. Is it fake? You're so right. And it's but the other thing is that it's being posed to you as all real. as nonfiction. Yeah. Everything is nonfiction. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's created a certain level of madness in a society too. Because <laughs> as you said, in addition to the fact that the library, I love that analogy, those people were probably learned people right <laughs> who are producing yeah. this information yeah. yeah so not only were you being prepared to know how you should receive the information the information was probably better curated yeah. for you yeah. and now the internet is uh it's anybody yeah and so i was watching so i mean i guess i'm assuming you must know about um joseph smollett and his infamous oh fake yes. meeting right so I was watching something last night, um, 60 Minutes Australia. There's a very famous... Um, they have it on 60 Minutes? Yeah, in Look Australia. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so well, she, I don't think she's famous yet. So she was, she is an influencer, I think, in mm. England. And they're debating whether or not her kidnapping was real. Because she was kidnapped. And in the middle of her kidnapping... Um, though kidnappers realized that she had a child so instead of asking for ransom money they called her modeling agency and said if you want her back give us some money it made no sense right, right? and she said she was kidnapped under duress but there have videos of her in the town with her supposed kidnapper holding hands now again i'm not there i'm not a jury or a judge but it just goes to show that there are people out there, like a Justice Smollett, like, it's, like maybe this young lady, I don't know, allegedly, who are so obsessed with the becoming... and being famous. Yeah. yeah, the likes. The We're likes. We're addicted to the likes. The likes, the We're likes. And I'm not in that world enough to know whether or not it has taken over Jamaica yet. Oh, yes. It has. Especially the younger set. Oh. I think after a certain age, those people were kind of like, mm, TikTok, uh, someone will show me how to use it. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like, we dabble on Instagram. Maybe yeah. we knew about Facebook because we came up right. with it. But Facebook is literally, like, considered by the kids. Like, that's where the old people go to die. Literally, too. Mm. There, there are probably more people dead on Facebook who still <laughs> have profiles than alive. It's yeah. literally a graveyard wow. of people born in the 70s and 80s. Wow. It sounds bad, but it's true. Where is everybody at now? They're in the TikTok, Snapchat, whatever. Is I Instagram know. still cool? Okay. Something that Instagram has done recently that is interesting to me is that all of the social media outlets are trying to become like the other ones. 
Okay. Like, so Facebook has become more like Instagram. Instagram has become more like TikTok. Now they're showing reels all the time and people doing videos and, you know, little clever things or people's clothes change automatically and music is playing <laughs> in the background and there's no real connection. I have a friend who has a teenage daughter and when she describes to me how social media has even influenced how that generation socializes with each other, it's scary. Yeah. Like, I can't say that. It sounds like progress is being made. It sounds like we're regressing to some extent as a society. Um, and that's sad, but I think it's true. Like, I am grateful for the fact that the internet did not really become mainstream and as advanced as it is until we were older and we had already had such a deep foundation in interpersonal relationships being in person and how we interacted we wrote notes to each other we threw them across the classroom hopefully the right person got it you know what i mean like we talked to each other on the landline Ooh, you had to go to your parents. Who is this dry foot boy calling you? You know what I mean? Like, right, there's no way now that any parent can really know what their child is up to, what who in the world they're interacting with. They have to put all these different, um, what are they, security features on the children's phones before they give it to them. Then the children go to another friend and just borrow their phone and they're taking pictures of themselves. Everybody's a star. I think it's a worship of self yes. that... Yeah. It's a worship of self, and you can project that worship to the world and get followers, yeah. literal followers, yeah. right? So it's disturbing, and I don't think that it's going to help help us or help the generations to come. I think it's helped people in terms of business, right? Like getting their name out there right. and interacting with more customer, a customer base. It's made us more global in our outlook, but it's also made us more narcissistic. Yeah. Like yeah. terribly narcissistic. And even when I hear, as I said, my friend talk about her teenage daughter, I'm like the things that she now worries about, like we always worried about things as teenagers, like, you know, how you look, how you're being perceived, but now, by so many people. By so many people. And the angles and like the angle was however the people them see you. No, it's like, yeah. how is my filter? Is my lighting good? Am I getting the right like they two are creating an impression that isn't necessarily real. I just today I was at a workshop and I was telling them that they said the facilitator asked about one embarrassing story. Right? <laughs> And so I told the story of when I had a motor vehicle accident some years ago. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Irre irrelevant, right? <laughs> but, the, but the point is, is that yeah, as we're talking here, that accident clearly very embarrassing. Yeah. But if you think about it, Imagine that if it was magnified. That's what I'm saying. So that embarrassment only spread. So the people who were there and the people who they spoke to, very simple, probably 100 people and maximum. And still rely on their memory. Right. They don't bring up a video and be exactly. like, it's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> if that happened, no. There would have been a video of it, a picture of it. Somebody would have made a TikTok, a meme, all kind yeah. of stuff like and that. And people in Germany would be like, this people is in, hilarious. Exactly. You know, like, I don't even know these people. And so I, I genuinely can't imagine being... A 15, 16, 17 year old, where you're going through changes, you're confused about who you are, 
and then something happens that the entire because it's perception so in your mind the entire world knows about it mm -hmm. probably not but that's what you feel in your heart the entire world knows about it that imagine that the weight of that on your shoulders as an impressionable kid yeah and as you said i'm so thankful i did not Grateful. grow up in that Grateful. i'm happy that we have told the line of no technology mm -hmm. and and walk to your friend house as well as internet like i like if i ever have both worlds right. so we, we appreciate what it has given us but we also know how to survive without it amen no, I really, I really. <laughs> survive without it because you see even you the fact that you are not on social media like you are literally like a unicorn yeah walking around yeah you know like you have insulated yourself yeah from just everything that comes with looking at other people's pictures yeah. this perception that everybody's doing well in life yeah you take one trip to dubai you take 1500 pictures and everybody's like oh my god damn people are out here going to dubai they're in thailand like, and, and they don't know that they're suffering in debt eating sardine every day or that they dinner. were sad the whole trip exactly you don't know yeah. any of these things yeah. right and you don't know if maybe they saved for the past 10 years to go on that trip yeah no, I, there's nothing wrong with that no and that's the thing though that you don't have context yeah, you right. only have the glory that yeah. you get to see right yeah. so nobody's gonna necessarily tell you like guys if you know how long how much work i put into this yeah now they just show you the finished product and so you sit down there comparing yourself to that other finished product and you're just like damn i'm failing at life you know yeah and i think that the internet has increased the prevalence of issues with mental health 100 percent, 100 percent. people are taking in information they would have never been privy to yeah. in the past right and everybody is a star in their own show showing everybody you know yeah the best of their lives you know so you come away with an impression that you are the only one that knows your reality yeah right and you're seeing these shiny pretty people living these shiny pretty Amazing lives. lives right and they're everyday people you're like shoot i went to school with that girl she had like one good eye look at her out here no what the heck what am i doing wrong <laughs> right like and the one good eye don't even look that bad in this picture she look good <laughs> what am i doing wrong yeah right? and so i know <clears throat> i know that so i came off so i remember exactly where i was when you came off of it yeah so <laughs> i was the day you perched the exact day i was doing my masters at ue and i was this is you know pre data on phones right so i was had my laptop open mm -hmm. i a laptop open and i'm in class so I have paid for my masters therefore i spent my money i want to be here i'm choosing to be here if i'm not there i'm wasting my money right and i'm still not somebody who would have been busy at a pay party anyway right that's right. not me i'm sitting down in class laptop open open facebook and i saw some friends of mine at an event and a part of me felt kind of sad. Like you mean in the moment that you're in, the in moment, class, they were live. They were like, yeah. showing pictures. Yeah, at the event. Yeah. And I was there was some FOMO hitting me. And I what remember does that stand for? Fear of missing out. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, come on, get Thank you. The get acronym with it. Say hello. That's all 2010. Get you with see? it. <laughs> Normally I'd just be like, pretend like you know. I just smile and nod, but I really wanted to know. Fear okay, enough. FOMO. Okay. So yeah, and some FOMO hit me and literally 
in that class, I what's the word called? I terminated. I cancelled my Facebook account because I realized that it's gonna make it hard. I'm missing. I'm in my mind. I'm missing out, but I'm not. I'm choosing to be in this class, and there are negatives. So again, this is pre, like data on the phone right so this is pretty so this like, is like 1902 no. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre like real iming right it's probably like google messenger you know this is google okay. talk or icq like there's no real this was when you were doing your masters there must have been it was, at like, least... it was blackberry okay right so there was no real no, ease of communication this was after world war one or two <laughs> <laughs> and so i remember at the time i had a few friends who had later gone to canada Okay. And there's one friend in particular who I remember. She and I were very close and she went to Canada, you know, and she I remember asking her, like, how are your kids doing? And she was like, Oh, I post them on Facebook, you should look there. And I was like, Oh, I'm not on Facebook. And so the downside is to be very transparent, there are things that have been happening in my friends' lives that I've missed out on because that's where that's where they were posting it. But to be very honest, I think upside is worth it. I don't want to see what I don't want to see. Uh, I have a friend. I had seen him maybe last year, and I had seen him in the gym, and I haven't seen him in years on social media because mm-hmm. I didn't really see him in person anyway. So it occurred to me when I saw him, like I have not seen this this man in years. And when I meant seen, I mean not even on social media. And mm-hmm. he used to be fairly active. And when I asked him, I was like, "Boy, I haven't really seen you anywhere." And he mm-hmm. was like, "I had to come off." He was like, it just was messing with my mental health. Yeah. I felt so bad about myself yeah. and I just could not do it anymore. And this is somebody who was social media savvy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for you to come off, interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's... No, you're right. It's, I've done cleanses before I call mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. just stopped and come off the different platforms because there is that balance that it has assisted me in knowing, especially because I'm FBI, in knowing what's going on <laughs> with other people. And I also love the feature where you have friends in common. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, especially when you have friends in different countries. Yeah. You're like, no, how did you people find each other? Like, So in terms of networking, it's good in that way. And it's been helpful to the extent that if your friends do have kids or they're living in certain countries or yeah. just starting new positions, that you can reach out to people or when you do see them, you have a point of reference for a conversation that doesn't feel super dated. Mm-hmm. Like, haven't seen you in 15 years. What you been up to? At yeah. least you have some idea of where they are in the world if they post, yeah. you know? You get a general idea so that you can maybe converse with them about that. But it's still a bit impersonal at times. And then you have the comment section. But... Mm-hmm. It's weird because I think that it helps people feel connected. And I think that's the benefit people derive from it, that we live very solitary lives sometimes. And feeling that connection to your friends or even hundreds of people sometimes, it's, I don't know, you get a little bit of an adrenaline rush too from having like, you know, posting something on somebody relating to it or. Or liking it. And yeah, but even the comments, like yeah. it can start conversations or, yeah. and you're like, oh, I'm interacting with somebody who is really far away. And I think that's what we used to get from the internet. Remember there used to be chat rooms? Yeah, yeah. You know, like you are now able to speak to people everywhere you've everywhere. never met before. Yeah, and as that, you said, there's an ICQ. upside and a downside yeah. to everything. The anonymity mm-hmm. can also be predatorial, yeah. especially for kids, yeah. you know, so. 
And now you have kids playing games. With, I mean, you were doing it during yeah. that time too. Like they can play games with people from all over the world. Yeah. Literally sit down there and just interact with people they have from never met. From your phone. Right. So for them, that can also be good exposure. But as I say, I balance it. So do you think that? So yes, there's a mental health discussion around it, right? Right. But do you think, especially in the world we're living in now, where other countries like you know, Europe, America, China, they were there like 10 years ago. We're just catching up in terms of remote working and stuff like that. Okay. We're, we're yes, just yes, catching yes, up, yes. right? Yes, the internet and social media, etc. And you spoke about the fact that how kids interact now seems so distant. Yes. But is it their world? Because if you think about it, they're going to be children especially in America, Europe, Asia, mm -hmm. that they'll be working for companies from their room. I know. And therefore, the ability to communicate, interact, not need, not, not have that yearning for interaction will be their reality. Yeah. Because I can tell you, for me, working from home, I yearn for that connection with Is human it, people. Right. Is that unnatural, though? You see what I'm saying? Even though you say they won't yearn for it, takes me back to the movie Castaway. Mm -hmm. We are naturally social beings. Yeah. That's what we are. Social media, right? We have to have a connection with people. Like, necessary for, I don't know, just our human condition is predicated on that, being social beings. So it's not to say that being on the internet, you don't still find that you have those connections are just manifested very differently you know what i mean i give an example i was um we had a zoom hearing today that's how the courts are doing it still yeah and one of the attorneys had kind of complained that he just did not enjoy these hearings at all you know that um he didn't like he just felt like he was he was missing out on aspects of the the hearing that you would get in person. And I would say that too for like court or any matter like that. There is something that you miss out on. Even in meetings, there are tells that people give that you can't pick up on a camera. Okay? You're talking about a twitch, somebody mm -hmm. twitching down at the table, their eye contact not being quite where it should be. Like, it. a part of us being social beings is that we also learn different types of language. You know what I mean? Like body language and how we read people and how we sense if someone's lying, if they're uncomfortable, that it's difficult to tell when you're on the internet and people turn off their cameras often. And even when they're on, they're aware of themselves in a different way. So what it does for me is that it reduces the information I get to process. Got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm hearing what you're saying. But that's about all I'm really able to do. Whereas normally when we interact with people, we don't just hear what they say. We're watching everything else and seeing if it lines up with what they're saying. You know what I mean? So that can also be restrictive depending on if it's something you're dependent on um, for that interaction. And so, that's why I say with the court hearing, um, there's a certain presence attorneys have. The, the way they gesticulate, their voices, uh, just body movements that no, they can't do anymore. They sit down there like looking up into my nostrils, you know, like, so maybe if that was my power, 
yeah. so to speak. That's how I dominated in a courtroom or that's how I was more persuasive. Um, I've lost that now. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe it's the way, you know, I dressed that got people's attention in a courtroom. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. They're only seeing me from the yeah. waist up. So I agree with what you're saying, though, that these children now have to learn how to exist in that reality. So what's going to happen is that they will learn how to... Um, Navigate in that new world. Right. And maybe read things that we are not aware of. Yeah. I will give an example. I have... Throughout the years, the one thing I have done a lot is texted and talked, mm -hmm. and, you know, messenger, whatever. Yeah. I've been away for a long time, yeah. as we, I guess, will discuss eventually. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so keeping in contact with friends here or friends elsewhere, I've relied quite heavily on texting. And I realize that people have personalities and ways of communicating that you become very comfortable with. Yeah. That you understand their way of texting. You know what I mean? How they text, how often they press send, how they say <laughs> something. You understand tone. Yeah. How they make jokes, right? And you never ever hear them. You don't see their facial expressions. So they look at emojis, when they use them, how they, they use understand them. It. There's a whole language now that you've developed and you sense because you do it so often. So I think that the same can be said of Zoom and that these kids are getting that you yeah. know those skills talking on cameras and constantly like you know yeah talking to their friends on the phone and in the camera and they know how to catch the good light and that we won't have we won't have it correct no we won't have it the way correct. they will because as i said they came up with yeah. it and it's a skill set that they have to develop yeah they have to develop you know that one thing i think my daughter so i see my, my daughter for the past two years, mm -hmm. she has been wearing a mask to school, right? right? And I know when I wear a mask, as you rightly said, stifled, stifled, <laughs> and stifled just from like breathing, mm -hmm. etc. And commu but communication, I somebody's talking to me, and I, I, I realized that my conversations have been extremely short because I don't know what you're saying. Because a lot of my hearing has to do with seeing your mouth move. <gasps> Right, <laughs> I, I feel the same way, Sean. I, yeah. I didn't realize how much I was reading lips. Yeah, I was like, yeah. it has my hearing been bad this whole time? <laughs> and I've been relying on lip reading. Exactly. No, it's the same with me. I'm yeah. like, I hear nothing now. So therefore, I think that for her generation, they spend two years of their life read, reading eyes. Uh, and so therefore, they'll be able to be on that Zoom call in the courtroom and the expressions, and the right eyebrow went up by one minute like they will be able to see that things that we can't see because we need don't notice we need the entire body to move right to know something they just need the eyebrow to move say oh man sean sean lying yeah like, that's all they need hopefully yeah the only thing too is that in meetings i guess you just focus on the like okay i'll give an example i can look at and i do tend to i look at other people in the room like as i said i was on a zoom here and just today and i was watching certain people in particular to see their responses to certain things and you're right it's almost like the camera's directly in their face so you're like hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know if you really want to as you said it's a learned skill that it's they can skill. develop yeah. and if you do it more and we're on these cameras more it's going to become more comfortable for us and we're going to adjust because yeah. that's what we do we just adjust
what would you tell 20-year-old, 30-year-old Stephanie? You know, God has different plans for everybody's life. And as such, the journey that you take, maybe some people look like them driving in second gear and another person driving in a completely different gear. It's getting to where you're supposed to go. Not getting there fast, getting there in some timeline that somebody outside of yourself has prescribed for you because that will stress you out. Mm -hmm. um, but being comfortable enough to be assured in the direction you're taking, whether or not you know exactly what it's going to be, um, but just having confidence in the fact that as long as it feels good and you don't feel like you know, you're being um, challenged in every direction and you see yourself growing, never stop growing, like trust that process. That's what I would say. And it doesn't, the process is always yours. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to other people. Either you're going to be cocky or you're going to be depressed. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better. <laughs>